All right, welcome back, everybody, into the Skull Purple Podcast. Of course, my name is Tony, a.k.a. Steggy Stories, a.k.a. still reeling from the Giants game. But we are here in the offseason. I am happy to say that we are here once again with David and Peter. Peter, David, welcome back. Excited for another episode. How uh, how are you doing, Peter? Uh, pretty good. You know, you know, had my first first pod last week with David and Carson. Unfortunately, you weren't here. So it's nice to have my first one with you. Um, it's a lot of fun. A lot happened. We had the combine this weekend. Lots of news today. I mean, it felt like they knew, you know, we were recording on Monday. Spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> they dropped a lot of news for us to talk about. So I'm ready to get into it. Yeah, absolutely. David, how are you doing? Yeah, lots of news. Lots of NFL news today. I'm doing good, man. I I can't complain, you know? Yeah. Yeah, enjoying that sunny California weather, I would imagine. Nah, not even, man. I mean, yeah. I'm in I'm in uh, the Inland Empire and we we getting snow out here, so yeah. Well, <laughs> well, we still have snow here in Minnesota. So, David, I, I'm not going to feel too bad for you. Uh, my daughter asked me today, she said, when is it going to get warm? And I said, I don't know. I, I have no idea. Sometime between <laughs> now and June. That's that's right. when it's going to be warm uh, here in Minnesota. So I mean, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, you know, with the warmer weather brings things like the NFL combine, the NFL draft. We got lots to talk about, fellas. So super excited to be with you all back again. Skull Purple Podcast. Make sure to like and subscribe. Again, we are brought to you by the Pigskin Podcast Network. So certainly excited to have everybody with us. Uh, what I'd like to do is bring in our first topic, and this should come to no surprise. Uh, the A topic of the day is going to be Eric Kendricks, uh, who got released by the Vikings today. Um you know, I'm going to pitch it over to David first because I know, David, you've talked a lot about Eric Kendricks, kind of how you felt about where he should be, what we should do with him in the offseason. How you feeling about it, man? What do you think? Oh, man, it's, it's it's a tough one for me, you know, being a California guy, Minnesota Viking fan, and seeing, you know, Eric Kendricks get cut, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of tough. I was hoping for a restructure, but I understand the NFL as a business. And I actually I understand it, you know, cutting him saves up a lot of cap space going forward. You know, it's it's unfortunate, but it happens to, you know, to, to good players. And I was just looking up like uh, he's not the only one that's going to that's going to happen to, you know, like yeah, linebackers just they age out real fast and it happens. I just I just hate the fact that, you know, last year it was all about scheme, 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 scheme. And everybody else gets the benefit of a doubt, you know, Danielle Hunter with the scheme and, you know, Harrison, Harrison Smith with the scheme. But it seems like Kendricks and, and, you know, Jordan Hicks were just like the two men out, like they're just old and then, you know, they're done. But I wish Eric Kendrick the best and he's probably going to make a, a pro bowl if that makes, if that's even an accolade now, but he's, he's going to do all right. You know, I just really wish that we could have restructured him and kept him in house, but yeah. Here well, we, Peter, we I'm, I'm going to toss it over to you next, but I, I'm going to toss it over with a, a little bit of a topic that David, you know, he kind of he kind of bit at a little bit. He nibbled at, uh, you know, he mentioned something like scheme. Right. And that's something we've talked on the podcast quite a bit about how some of these players that we saw on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, the Vikings defense has been 
let's just say pretty rough over the last few years. Um, but the big talk this last off season or the season going into the off season was, is it really, was it, was it a bad scheme going to that three, four? Did that hurt a lot of these players? Was it indicative of their skill set? And I'd love to hear your take as to where you kind of fell on that argument. Okay. So I hate three, four defenses. They are trash. Um, I don't I'm know why you, anybody brother. still runs. I, I don't know why anybody still runs a 3-4 in the NFL. I mean, you see it some. Some defenses have success with it. You can say the Chiefs won a Super Bowl with it, but their defense wasn't that good. Um, the Bills' defense really wasn't that good down the stretch. Um, it's easy to run against 3-4s. You're really reliant on a pass rusher in the middle. So I hate the 3-4 to begin with. Um, we didn't have the personnel. Um, but I do lend a little credit to the arguments like, well, we've had it in two different schemes for three straight years. Our defense has been pretty awful. So maybe it's just a lack of talent on the defense side of the ball. Uh, I'm sad to see Kendricks go. He was a leader for this team. I thought he was always super underrated, probably should have more all pros and pro bowls racked up to his name. He was arguably the best middle linebacker in football for a good minute there. 2017, 18, 19. I thought he was a lead on this team, but he got exposed last season. The scheme's bad, but he can't cover people anymore. It was very clear he was bad at coverage. Even when they would run man sometimes, there were some slight moments, but anytime it was a running back out of the backfield and he was a man coverage, he was cooked. He was toasted. And I, it just like, it brings me back to that 2017 divisional round game against the Saints where Kendricks was an elite coverage guy and Kamara still caught that touchdown on him. And it was like, how does that even happen? And now last year, it was like, he can't cover anybody. He's pathetic. And a zone on top of it, lost in a zone, didn't have that explosiveness we saw. So I think it's a good move. We saved nine and a half against the cap, I think, by cutting him. So that's a big chunk of change because yeah. we're only 24 over. So we're about halfway to getting under. And we're going to get way under, I think. But both linebackers need to go. Hicks was trash, too. He should be the next cut. I know there were other names thrown around today, but I want them gone. We really need to focus on some new linebackers, get younger, get faster. Sure. Yeah. And I don't necessarily disagree with either of your points. I think that you can take a little bit from both. I, I, you know, I, I was a little bit lost seeing Kendricks look as poor as he did this year or this last year in coverage. I think that's where it really kind of shocked me because that was really his bread and butter, right? I mean, right. certainly he had the ability to play the pass and play up on the line, but really where he excelled was being able to drop back in coverage and cover some of these backs coming out of the backfield. And as you mentioned, Peter, we really got eaten alive. I mean, we got eaten alive with the backs. Do I don't think I need to bring up the Dallas game uh, for us to relive <laughs> that fiasco. And I know that's not all on Kendrick's. Right. That's not all on him. I do think that it's a little bit of him regressing. And then the scheme, again, I'm not was not a big fan of. I didn't feel like we needed we had the personnel to do it. On top of that, I felt like it was just poorly run in general. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I watched our defense on third and short play 10 yards off the ball. I mean, you just right. you can't you can't succeed when you when you can't be aggressive and you're not playing up on the line or playing press coverage when you need to. So um, I, I think that it, it really, he, he is very much the almost a epitome of what a cap casualty is. Do I think he has the talent to still be on this team? Yes. Do I think he would have been fine under Flores and, and probably had a bit of a comeback year or a bounce back year? We'll say, um, yes, but was that going to come at a cost that was a little too high? 
also yes. And so I, that's where I think they ultimately landed on uh, on showing him the door, which, as you mentioned, David, uh, love the guy, love the player. Um, it seemed like the right right time to do it, but uh, I am I am sad to see him go. Uh, either of you have any more thoughts on the Kendricks uh, kind of Kendricks release? Yeah, I uh, do. I think yeah. um, I think at the end of the day, you know, his mouth kind of like got him out the door too, because I think after Zimmer was fired, he was the first you know big name player to say something about it. You know about the the culture or whatever, and you're bringing in a guy that's from the same coaching tree as Zimmer. First thing you might want to do is shed the locker room of people who want to be so outspoken. So I'm not saying it had anything to do with it, but I wouldn't be sure. surprised. Yeah. Uh, I just think he's good. He'll end up in Dallas like the rest of the Viking rejects on defense. <laughs> Seattle. <laughs> yeah. How did, uh, how did Barr end up doing this year? He was hurt half the season, but uh, yeah. <laughs> he was good in the he was good down the stretch. He was good in that yeah. playoff game against Tampa, and he was yeah. decent against the Niners. But hey, Curse was the big one, obviously. That's their big bread and butter stealing from us. But we of don't course. need to talk about the pain anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, moving on to more pain. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, obviously with with Kendricks getting released, certainly a lot of rumors going around today. Um, and I'm sure in the coming days about additional players getting released, cut, potentially traded. Um, where do you guys kind of land? Who do you think is is going to be next? Uh, David, I'll throw it over to you first. Jordan Hicks. Um, yeah. Zadarius Smith. Um, yeah, that's those are the next, the next two. I don't know what's going to happen with Adam Thielen as of yet because they probably got to work some things out, you know, but I can guarantee – Jordan Hicks and Zadarius Smith is going to be next. I I couldn't agree more. I love it. Get him out of here. I hated both of those pickups. Um, Zadarius Smith had his moments early, but man, he was as useless as could be down the stretch when we needed him. I mean, disappear. Talk about um, feelings. Interesting. I don't know what to do. Harry seems like he's definitely getting restructured, which is good. Right. I think Harry's going to excel in the new defense with Flores. Flores likes blitz and safeties. Harry can blitz. Got to get. I mean. We saw a little bit that Harry wasn't as good of a tackler as he used to be. He had a couple of plays where he shot through the gap and missed some tackles. So maybe work on that a little bit, Harry. I know he's getting up there, but you still got to hit people, son. So I think that's those are the interesting <laughs> ones. I know David's kind of on board with getting rid of Dal getting rid of Dalvin Cook. I'm kind of on that train too with the amount of money. It we depends. Can save. It's like I was going to throw out CJ Ham also. But he's getting cut. Um, I'm I'm kind of wary of throwing CJ Ham out there because I have no idea what these guys are going to do at running back. If you do something with Dalvin Cook, then you gotta get rid of CJ. You got to because there's no need to have a fullback if you're going to bring a young guy in there. But I I don't know what they're going to do with, with with Dalvin Cook. So CJ is still valuable on this team. You know you can. You can split him out. He can be an extra lineman for blocking sometimes, you know. He can play the 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 Jim Klein saucer role if you want him to. So I think he has a little value on this team still. There's uh, a special throwback. teams. It depends what he does on special teams. I know he played a good bit of special teams yeah. this year. So it depends. He's got a high number, is the problem. You can't a high number for just, a fullback. Yeah, for yeah, exactly. In an <laughs> offense that doesn't use fullbacks. I mean, let's be honest. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, I, I want to see what they're going to do at running back. So, first, before I cut CJ. 
That's true. Yeah. And he's a locker room guy. Like everybody loves CJ. So yeah. there's only so many of those guys you can get rid of without really irking the team and messing. Yeah, and that's up. the thing too. I think um, we, me and Tony and uh, Carson talked about this before. It's like, it's like the Dallas situation all over again, where when Parcells got fired, you know, the other coach came in there and the culture was kind of still the same. These guys were like real, real still disciplined. So they had like that great year, but once they start cutting all the veterans, you know, <laughs> Dallas, yeah. you know, it, it just, it went to shit basically, you know? And yeah. that's what I don't want to see with the Vikings to where, you know, now Kevin O'Connell's in the second season and he has this loosey goosey mentality going on and he's everybody's buddy. And you start cutting these veterans who kind of keep the locker room tight. And I mean, they start going on boat trips. We don't, we don't need that. <laughs> I don't know. The Rams were pretty well behaved. So if you, we want to take it like that, and he comes from the New England tree, him and Flores from the New England tree. There's some no, there are no nonsense there. Have fun, but you know, you can't be doing other stuff. Uh, I look at the penalties. The penalties were really low after being really yes. high under Zim. That was great. So, so that, so that tells me I'm not super worried about the discipline side of the ball with KOC, but yeah, I'll be interested. I'm worried to see. about discipline because that green Bay game should never have happened where these guys are slipping out where you go in there and you say, Hey, the field might be a little bit, you know, wet today. You might want to wear some other cleats. Don't even give them the option, make them wear the right cleats for the right game. Like, yeah. come on, man. It's, yeah, David, I, I mean, I know that really chapped your ass. That, that uh, when, did. When, uh, <laughs> he, David was not a happy camper after that green Bay game. Nah, and it, it came out that, uh, yeah, that basically that we, you know, the training staff said, yeah, you should probably wear these cleats. And then the players were like, eh. And then, and then we were uh, the, basically the coaching staff's like, well, we're not going to force you. And obviously right. you can't like pin a guy down and force shoes on his feet. But at the same time, they can make a pretty strong suggestion. And I think exactly. sometimes having an adult in the room that's willing to be the bad guy or more willing to be the bad guy, I think that is something that they'll they'll get a little bit more with Flores. I think one thing with KOC that is, I think, great, but it's a double-edged sword, is that he's such a, a great player's coach that I think sometimes that detracts him from wanting to be a little bit more pointed um, with maybe some of his feedback to players. And obviously, I'm not in the building. I just see what I see on television and press conferences and you know body language on the field. He obviously is kind of the opposite of, of Mike Zimmer, right? And uh, and I think Flores does provide a little bit more of a again, uh, I'm going to be the, the adult in the room and I'm going to pretty much tell you what you need to do. And if you don't like it, you know, I can tell you where to put it. So, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I think that's going to benefit the team. I certainly think it's going to benefit the, the defense. And again, not to say that they were soft. It's just I think you need to have balance. And I think we were just maybe a little out of balance in that in that department. Well, I mean, we saw the Eagles in the Super Bowl, kind of a similar situation. I heard they didn't walk down the right side of the Pat field in Green Bay either. Like the players were warming up on one side and everybody else was kind of walking the whole field. And they were like, you need to wear these cleats. And the players were like, no, nah, we were good over here. I think it was on the left side was fine, but down the right sideline was terrible. Um, but I liked what KOC said after the game. He said that shit isn't happening again. So yeah, that seems yeah. you live and you learn. It's a first year head coach. Yeah. And it seemed, True. it seemed like. That's a, it was the perfect game to learn from it. It was a meaningless game in when in the grand scheme of things. It didn't mean anything yeah. for us. Um, so, I mean, maybe if we win that game, we don't have to play the Giants in the first round, but I'm glad we lost to the Giants anyway. 
to get rid of Donatel. So it was kind of worth it. Donatel's still our coach if we get to the second round. So yeah, maybe, maybe you know, you never know. Well, I guess I, I I'm feeling better about that Giants game now. I just say that, Peter. Um, <laughs> yeah, and as far as my take on the the casualties or kind of who's next. I'm I'm with you guys. I mean, there's nobody that either of you said that I went, oh, I don't think so. Um, I think everybody's on the, you know, on the block for the most part. I mean, obviously, they're not getting rid of Justin Jefferson. And uh, but it, I mean, even you look at a guy like Kirk Cousins. I mean, I think there's still meat. I don't think there's much, but I think there's still meat there for if somebody's really interested and they're willing to pay the right price, which would be steep. Um, I don't think that they would not move on from Kirk Cousins, especially for the right price or the right picks or the right person. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. I think Phelan, I think David, you, you threw that out there or maybe it was Peter, but Phelan's one on, in my radar, I think will probably be, I just get the feeling that I don't, I think they're going to definitely try to get him to restructure, but I kind of have a feeling that he, I think he might feel like he would have a better opportunity somewhere else. And I don't know if the money is as big of a part of it. I think he feels like if he comes back for another year and it looks just like last year, he really hurts his value, which is true, right? Like his numbers were not good. Uh, so I, I think he probably is looking for a fresh start unless he gets some pretty solid, I don't want to say guarantees, but at least some really good padding on the back that like, we're going to really integrate you. This is our vision for you. And I kind of don't see the scene this team doing that. So I think he might want to move on too. So I think Thielen's probably going to be one of the next dominoes to fall, but that, that's just my opinion. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, we also had uh, an amazing week or weekend. Uh, I suppose late last week into the weekend uh, with the combine. I know that Peter, you were watching, you mentioned that you are a big combine guy. You like watching the combine. I like watching the combine too. Um, but I will admit, I haven't paid as much attention this year than I had in years past, outside of some guys that I'm really uh, excited about that I think the Vikings might target. But uh, Peter, since you're kind of the resident uh, combine guy here, uh, what did you think? What are your thoughts? Who did you see out there that you went, wow, that guy's special? Okay, so I watch a lot of college football, and um, obviously being from the South, that's kind of what you have to do. Um, so I also love the Combine. Um, it was a lot to take in. Like I said, I do like that they kind of made it more of a primetime event, like Thursday night, Friday night, into Saturday and Sunday. Um, there was a lot of good stuff. There was a lot of winners and losers. I know everyone was talking about Anthony Richardson. I did a video on my channel going into the Combine said like, he just made himself a ton of money. So I wasn't surprised by anything he did. He's a great athlete. He's a bad quarterback. Um, the Mayo Eater from Kentucky, Ooh. Will Levis, looked okay, had some good talks. I know we met with Richardson and him, um, talked about how we were, we were the only team that made him do something weird, which was hold the football, which is normal, I think. <laughs> I think that was a stupid statement by him. Like, oh, yeah, that was weird. Hold the football. I'm only going to be paid, you know. $50 million one day, hopefully to throw right. the football. I want to see what it looks like in your hands. Um, especially with KOC being a quarterback, he probably right. has a good feel with what it should look like in a guy's hands. He slung it. I wasn't surprised by that. I thought CJ Stroud was the best quarterback out there. Um, and I'm a Bryce young guy. Bryce young really hurt his stock, not working out with the rest of the quarterbacks. Um, Stetson Bennett looked good actually from Georgia. He had, he made some big throws that we were kind of the question on Bennett. So that's a late round guy. Um, 
my big winners, I put together a little list. There were some obvious ones. I was really impressed with Christian Gonzalez, the corner out of Oregon. Big, long, lanky guy. He ran really well. He jumped really well. He, I think he had like an 11-foot broad jump, which is really fantastic from a corner. Nolan Smith from Georgia obviously ran a 4-3-9-40. It's kind of that hybrid edge, pass rusher, linebacker. So he fits really good in a 3-4. I don't think he's going to be there anymore because in every <laughs> mock I was running up, he was there. I don't think he's going to be there anymore. I think he goes early. Um, yeah. Darnell Washington, the tight end out of Georgia on the la- on I think Saturday, had the best catch of the combine. Unbelievable one-handed catch during one-on-one drills. Um, his blocking was fantastic. If there was like somebody put a compilation of all the tight ends doing the blocking sled, and he looks like an offensive lineman, and the tight ends look pretty pathetic out there. <laughs> I'm trying to think of some other good winners. You know, Bijan Robinson was strong, the running back out of Texas. Um, my losers, Kayshawn uh, Boot, the wide receiver at LSU, he was pretty pathetic, really mediocre speed, really not that athletic. Like a nine in his broad jump, I mean, he was jumping less than like defensive linemen. So that's really concerning for a playmaker wide receiver, especially after a down year at LSU. Devon Witherspoon, the corner out of Illinois, who I was super high on coming in, didn't measure six foot. He was 5'11", which is... Not great, kind of mediocre, you know, running, mediocre jumping, just middle of the pack guy. And he was a guy I was really high on for the Vikings. Um, and then Michael Mayer, the tight end out of Notre Dame, big loser. He was the consensus number one tight end coming in, and he was just mediocre. Um, a lot of guys got hurt. I don't want to dink that. A lot of guys didn't work out either that are some non-big name guys. Most of the receivers, Jordan Addison, the receiver out of USC, didn't get on on-field drills. He tweaked his hamstring. Um, the Tackle out of Northwestern, who a lot of people have as their top tackle. I forget his name, Skarnicki or something like that. He got tweaked in the hamstring, so he didn't work out. And then the biggest loser, obviously, Jalen Carter. He got arrested in the middle of the combine. So <laughs> right. there's your biggest loser right there is Jalen Carter. He <laughs> went he went back. I don't think he answered any questions to the media, but he did show back up. Uh, just went it was home. a lot. Yeah, he should have just stayed home and let that situation play off. Like, I give, I commend him, but you got to answer questions, I guess, if you're going to come back. So it was a lot of fun. Um, Some sleepers out there. You know, the running backs were kind of interesting to watch. A lot of records set. Deuce Vaughn, the shortest player ever recorded at Combine at Mm. 5'5 from, uh, you know, uh, my hometown. So that was pretty cool to see that we got some claim to fame over here. He's actually a sneaky back. I really like a lot at five, five, but he was good. Devon a chain from my alma mater, AM fastest 40 time for a back fourth fastest 40 time for running back since like 2006, I think. So he was flying. That's a true track guy. He ran like a four, three, two. He was really disappointed. He didn't get under that four, two mark. So that's an every down back with that kind of speed. That's a real problem for a lot of teams to deal with. Um, but all in all, great combine. I think there's only so much you can see doing shorts and, you know, T-shirt drills. I'm disappointed. Pro days are coming up here soon. And yeah, I, I was just about to ask you about the pro days, Pete, because from, you know, we got different listeners all over the place and the viewers. So since you're the expert on the, the combine, how can players – who had a bad combine rebound in pro days and what's the difference in the pro days versus the combines and do even GMs even consider the pro days over the combine? 
So I think they do like to see the improvement. Like everybody knows your pro day numbers should be better than what your combine numbers are. It's not as official. You got your own coaches and guys timing it, but the GMs obviously are doing their own stuff there. But it's nice to see you work on some areas that like if you weren't good, especially like explosion times, like if you ran a bad 10 yard split in the 40 and you're like a lineman, that's something you can work on. Obviously, strength could be a concern if you really start bulking up, hitting the weights. Um, That's a good thing. I mean, the pro days are really big for the quarterbacks, I think, because they like to see everybody throwing, doing more. I mean, Zach Wilson became the second pick in the draft because of his one throw he made in his pro day. Um, I'm actually disappointed. I swore when Johnny Manziel wore shoulder pads and a helmet on his pro day, I thought that was going to become the thing because that's what everybody wants to see. Like you don't play football in t-shirts and shorts. You play in shoulder pads and helmets. I thought every quarterback was going to start doing that because like, that's a really good measuring stick Mm -hmm. of how a guy can move, how a guy's going to throw on the run. Um, so I think pro days are a little less now. It's really good for those fringe guys. There's a lot of fringe guys that didn't get invited to the combine that need to show their stuff. I know I know a couple of guys personally who didn't get a combine invite, had their pro days really balled out, and it got them – they didn't get drafted, but it got them camp invites because yeah. they had big workouts for people. So I think the pro days are good for those other guys. And if you had an area that you were really bad on, it could be a freak thing. Like you said, like if boot jumps as terrible, again, then you're concerned. But if he busts out a big broad jump, you can't fake that. Like you have to – be somewhat athletic yeah. to broad jump. You can't just like, oh, I had a good broad jump. It's like, no, you really, maybe you just had a bad one. So <laughs> you want to see stuff like that. But right. um, the pro days are more for, I want to confirm biases I already have. Like if I'm leaning this way towards a quarterback, I want to see a throw or a catch from a receiver to go get them. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, what I always think of with the pro days versus the combine, it brings me back to Teddy Bridgewater. Um, you know, if you're a Vikings fan, you remember how at the, the combine he threw and it was not great. Uh, you know, the deep ball looked pretty suspect. Uh, Mid range throws were a little not great. And the, the general consensus was or not even the consensus, but the messaging, I should say, that came out of his camp was, if you remember, I didn't have my gloves. I didn't have my gloves, baby. <laughs> so then he went to the his pro day, which is a very controlled environment, just as you mentioned, Peter, you know, where they have their own receivers. They know what routes they're going to be running. Like they, it's again, much more controlled. And then he had the gloves and then it looked a little bit better. Uh, of course, you know, and, and I'm a Teddy guy, by the way, I, I love Teddy. Uh, I'm not saying he was going to be the next, you know, Hall of Fame Vikings quarterback, but I liked, I, I very, very much liked him as a person. And I thought within the team that we had with that insane defense that he could have done enough for some runs, um, especially because his best football was always played when the game was on the line. Something that I obviously criticize our current quarterback for. Um, but we, we found out pretty quickly with Teddy that uh, uh, gloves or no gloves, that deep ball was not great. Um, well, so, hey, I, yeah. Just to jump in there, like Teddy, Teddy gets killed. Let's not forget, we were losing to the Seahawks. Teddy got us down the field in like a minute 30 to so win exactly. that Seahawks playoff. What I'm saying? Win that wild card game. He had a huge throw to Kyle Rudolph that was a big boy throw. And he doesn't get any of the credit because Blair Walsh can't make a freaking extra point. Um, yeah. Old school extra point, not even modern day extra point. But Teddy yeah. always got a bad rap. But the two, hey, it helped us. Teddy felt, Teddy was a top five pick going into that off season or after that regular season. He has the awful combine. He has the better pro day and he falls to us at 32 and just Viking 
but the Vikings will always get you. Viking luck will always yeah. get anybody. Yeah. Of course, his knee explodes on the practice field, you know. Um, oh, it? A week before week one. Uh, a week before week my, one. My heart just sank, man. When I got, when I saw that news come through my phone that hit, you know, there's ambulances at Winter Park. And I'm thinking like, what happened? And they're like, and it's Teddy Bridgewater. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me because we were yeah. so amped up for that season because that was the season after the, the Seahawks debacle. And to your point, I mean, look, like I said, I'm a Teddy guy, so I'm always going to toot his horn here. But there was that game, obviously, in the playoffs, the cold as hell Seahawks game. There was the Arizona game that nobody gave us a chance in in Arizona, and we almost won that game. And then there was the game against uh, uh, it was Denver in Denver, and we ended up winning that game. And it's just to me, if we had Teddy Bridgewater's clutch and Kirk Cousins ability, we'd have a Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean that that's it just in my opinion. The problem is that cousin cousins has all the ability, but he's got I mean half of heart. that clutch if that. And Teddy's got all the clutch, but you know, he was limited by his abilities. I mean it just was what it was. So, I love him, but it's the truth. All right, good fellas. Well, I appreciate that. Anything more on the com Actually, David, did you have any maybe thoughts on either players in the combine, the combine itself. Cause I do have a few thoughts, but it's not going to take long. Cause again, I didn't, I didn't, you know, really watch. A whole nah, lot. This, David, what do you think? this year with the combine, you know, I, I didn't really follow it. And um, I just really, I'm leaning on Pete, you know, he, he killed the whole combine speech, but um, <laughs> I didn't really follow it, man. I just, I, I just don't, man. I, I know a lot of players can make a lot of money if they do good, you know, by jumping up the board, but, I just haven't really followed it like that, you know. So that's why I was asking the question about the pro days because I know some guys always slide after the combine, and I just wanted to see if, if GMs actually really are interested in that pro day because, like, like you guys say, it's, it's a controlled, controlled environment. You know, you yeah. can do whatever. So, well, I'm gonna. T I think I'm gonna tickle both of you on this one then. So I, because uh, I know where you stand on this player, David. Um. I wasn't that surprised with, uh, you know, Anthony Richardson certainly you know, uh, expanding uh, his draft stock, raising his draft stock, whatever you want to say. Um, I, I'm, I'm not saying that I think he's going to be incredible or that he's a sure thing. Uh, I just, I like the guy. I think that there's something there. Do I think he's a project? Yes, a, a thousand percent. I don't think he should go to a team that's ready to start him. Like, let, let, let's put it that way. But that's another reason why I think I kind of like him for our team, uh, because he can sit behind Kirk Cousins. Now, we're going to see, obviously, what happens uh, with Kirk, and I think there'll be a lot of clarity on what they're going to do moving forward as this offseason progresses. But if everything goes kind of status quo here, whether he plays out this last year or you know he gets some sort of rework deal where essentially we've got him for like another year after this, um, we're going to have a guy at least be able to sit if we take a quarterback, which I think we'll do. So given the fact that we're not going to be way high up in the draft, um, at least right now, a little teaser for one of our other uh, segments we're going to talk about here, but I, I just see us maybe, you know, trying to take a flyer on a guy if they fall. And I think Richardson did a lot to raise his stock, but I, I still think teams are going to, they're going to be a little weary because of just some of the weird odds and ends that we saw this last season. But I, I think there's tools there. I think there's a lot of upside and I think that I'm just tired. I guess I'll, I'll say this. I'm just going to get right to the point. I'm tired of having a quarterback where the best thing we can say about him 
which I know is really harsh, is that he's got a really high floor. Um, because I think that's where Kirk Cousins is. He's always going to be good. Like, rarely is he bad. But he's also kind of rarely great. And I think that's, if we're really invested in getting to great, you're going to have to let go of good. Like, you're going to have to be okay with risking good. And that might come with a crappy quarterback. I get that. But you got to be able to risk it to get to that next level. So I, I don't know. I'd like to see us go for a guy. It doesn't have to be Richardson, but I'd love to see us go with a guy that has that high ceiling where it could be. And uh, I think Richardson could be that guy. I did also see some rumor mill that uh, even with the weird ball holding thing, um, I'll have to edit that out. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, is the the Levis thing? You know, uh, I, I heard that KOC, you know, might have liked Levis a little bit. I'm not super high on Levis, but uh, you know, he's another guy that has all these intangibles. Um, so we'll just see. I don't know. I know Pete, you're over there going. I don't know about this. I I see. I, I think everyone like forgets. I get it. We watched the Super Bowl. There was two very athletic quarterbacks, but they forget like why they're so good is because they can throw the freaking football. Anthony Richardson was a 50% completion guy at Florida. Like he does not have a good accurate arm. Jalen Hurts was a phenomenal passer in college. Like that's a big comp I'm seeing is Jalen Hurts athleticism and stuff. Jalen Hurts was a phenomenal passer in college. He was pretty good at Alabama and he was great his one season in Lincoln Riley's offense. Now you can say it's Lincoln Riley's offense, but like you still have to put up that production. Anthony Richardson is nowhere close to that production. Cam Newton's another argument. Cam Newton was by far the best college football player on the planet when he was playing. And Anthony <laughs> yes. Richardson is nowhere close to that watching him. So I just hate this comp. Like everyone tries to fit guys in because they have intangibles. Will Levis is a poor man's Josh Allen. Josh Allen played for two years. Will Le Levis hasn't played at all. And he uh, had a monster arm. He was very inconsistent with his completion percentage, and we got that fixed. Lamar got his completion issues fixed. But when you watch those guys, they popped. I watched Kentucky and Will Levis, and I watched Anthony Richardson, and they just did not pop. Like, there were some great plays, but they don't pop. Like, college quarterbacks that are going to excel in the NFL pop. Patrick Mahomes jumped off the screen at me watching him at Tech. Like, it was phenomenal. It was like, oh, this guy is different. So that's my whole thing. I don't think it's worth taking a, you know, moving up, giving up capital, especially when we don't have any capital. So right. is Anthony Richardson closer to Jamarcus Russell? Because then Jamarcus uh, Russell. No, I'm not going to go that. I'm not going to go that far. I don't think we have. We're not going to have those issues anymore unless it's like a shit run team like Denver with Paxton Lynch. I don't yeah, think yeah. we're going to run into these scenarios anymore where it's like this guy's number one and he doesn't watch film. Like there's way too much going into it now, so I don't think Kyler Murray? I think people. No, Kyler's got different issues. <laughs> Kyler Murray is a good quarterback. If he tried, if Kyler Murray actually tried, Kyler Murray would be a very good quarterback. We all know that. It's different stuff. I don't think Jamarcus Russell was ever that good in college. He had Me a great neither. game against against Notre Dame in the Sugar Bowl, and that got him the number one pick. And it's it was Oakland. It was Al Davis. So I think he Richardson the yards needs on his knees. Oh, ooh. and every quarterback could do that. Once you learn every quarterback can do that. I, kind of but stuff. if you're throwing on your knees, aren't, doesn't it mean you're down already? <laughs> you're down. <laughs> you're down. Yeah. I think the logic was like he's tack like somebody's tackling him around the waist and he can't step into that throw. He could just sling it down there. But so when he's on his knees, six, he's neither touching the ground. So that means the ball is dead. He's eating 600 cheeseburgers in between practice over there on top of it. Hey, so hey, of as the – 
as the resident big man, I appreciate that they made that red Raiders uniform in a plus size. So, you know, <laughs> the end of the day, uh, you just give them a little. No, I, I get it. Yeah. And, and I'm with you, Peter. I would agree with especially when you're talking about the comparisons to Hertz and some of these other guys. I was a big fan of Hertz coming out of college. And I said it last year. I, th- I think this kid is going to be good. I think there's something there. And it's funny because I would talk to Eagles fans this off season and I'd be like, I think you guys are going to have a good team this year. And they're like, nah, you know, it's the it hurts and I don't know. And I'm just like, I'm telling you, I don't think he's really your problem. I think this team's going to be really good. And of course yeah, we saw what happened. They ended up being and now they love good. Him. So yeah, they <laughs> love him now. Yeah. But you know, that's always, it's the Philadelphia media and fan base. So they'll only love him as long as it, you know, takes they're always miserable yeah to miss i mean look at mcnab look at mcnab mcnab was like the philadelphia darling until he couldn't get them over the hump and then they were just like all he can do is just get us to the nfc championship game you're thinking to yourself like yeah that's better than most teams like i don't (laughs) you're right there you know and i get and you know here i'm going to be a hypocrite because i was just talking about kirk cousins and good to great but I do get that, you know, right? Like if you're that close and sometimes that's the way I feel about Kirk Cousins is that I see flashes where I feel like he's getting us to an NFC championship game, but uh, I just don't see him in a Super Bowl. And at the end of the day, that's why we watch. That's why we're fans is bringing home the trophy, um, which you'd wonder why we're Vikings fans. I don't know. Next topic. Um, (laughs) uh, All right. So on to more of the broader NFL with free agents, um, David, Peter, you know, obviously we're going to enter a period where we're going to talk about the draft. We're going to talk about these young guys coming out, but you know, really not to be overshadowed by the fact that there is going to be a stable of some free agents coming onto the market. Eric Kendricks being one of them, we found out today, um, that are going to be available. Uh, if you were a Vikings GM, Peter, if you are Quasi, uh, is there anyone that you are targeting or feeling like, Hey, I think this guy could really benefit the Minnesota Vikings. Um, yeah, you know, first of all, I don't want to be Quasi because I'm better than Quasi. okay? I'm not going <laughs> to make bad draft trades over here with our capital. But for as far as free agent signings go, uh, I think DJ Chark's a very interesting one, depending on what we do with Thielen. He seems to want to play in Minnesota. He's a very good number two receiver. Or even if you want to play him at three, if you really believe in KJ Osborne to take that next step, I think he's a very good fit in the offense, especially as a we know where the coverage is going. It's going to Jefferson. If you put that cast of characters as, you know, Chark, KJ, Hawk, as who is going to see the majority of the targets non-crunch time, or if teams want to be stupid, we'll throw to Jefferson. So I like DJ Chark a lot. Tremaine Edmonds is the number one target we should get. He's a yeah. coverage 3-4 linebacker. He's one of the best coverage linebackers in the game. He tackles. He played in the 3-4. He's a smart player. Uh, we need to try and find a way to sign him. He's going to be the, one of the top guys out there. We need a linebacker like Tremaine Edmonds to go fit in the scheme, especially if we're getting rid of Kendricks and Hicks. Yeah, I like Edwards quite a bit. Um, yeah. If there's one guy that I had in my stable, it was him. So, by the way, thanks for that, Peter. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> D- David, any free agents for that that you're like, oh, man, this guy, we got to bring him in. I mean, Pete got me on that one. That's, that's what I was going to say. I was going to go linebacker. <laughs> we all know. Like, we know what we need. We know what we hey, need. Hey, because I'm like, if you're going to cut Kendricks and you're going to cut Hicks, you don't want to start a couple of rookies out there playing linebacker. You know, so I don't I don't think they're going to do that. But just him 
and Flores with Harrison Smith and Daniel Hunter, that's that's a scary type of defense right there. But you know, I don't want to you know piggyback on Pete too much, but maybe let's look at the kicker, best kicker available. Uh, I- you know, oh, that kicker. Let's see, with any good kickers available? I got the free agent. They don't, <laughs> the they don't respect <laughs> kickers. Yeah, there are not a lot of kickers available, but still, well, I, I, I hear Robbie Gold's going to be available. Robbie, that's Gold's interesting. Yeah. Indoors, Robbie Gold, interesting. Yeah, he just, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's a little older, I like a, but he's. Consistent. I like a big leg kicker though. A big leg kicker for us because we tend to struggle. Like in the forty to thirty range, like between the forty and thirty. Once we get into the red, once we get to the red zone, we're lights out. But that forty, so I, I want a kicker that's kicking 50, 50. How many Greg Joseph fifty-two yard kicks did he miss, or fifty-one yard kicks to yeah, make that man yeah. miss this year? So I think we might need a young guy with a big leg. Yeah, that's, yeah that might be you know the draft for a kicker. So, well, you never know. Yeah, I, I, I think that we. The hard thing is when when addressing the Vikings needs as it pertains to free agency. And you, I think both already pertained to or already mentioned this, sorry, is we just don't have a lot of capital. And what I mean by that is our, our cap situation is rough. And that's why we've been talking about these veterans getting either released, cut, restructured. So until we get a clearer picture as to what kind of money this team has to work with, um, it's just hard to see them really going out and spending up for guys that are going to be anything close to household names. So we'll certainly see what happens and look, they could get creative. Um, I'm certainly not going to put it past this, this front office. I just think the biggest thing, the biggest thing that I want to see from this team. And this was the same thing I said last off season is I just don't want to feel like I'm watching Rick Spielman again. And not that I like hated Rick Spielman. I, I, I think there were a lot of things he did well. I've, I was critical of some other things that he did. But at the end of the day, we brought in a new front office for a reason, to do things differently. This team hasn't gotten to a Super Bowl in Lord knows how long. We haven't gotten over the hump to smell a Super Bowl since 2017. Uh, I just feel like as much as we get very comfortable with this idea of having a good team that is competitive i'm tired of it i'm tired of having a good team that's competitive i want a great team and so whatever we're doing whatever the formula was before it maybe wasn't all crap but but we need to do something different and we need to do something innovative and i'm excited because i think the way that quasi is going to approach things and koc is going to approach things i think it will be new innovative and progressive so i'm excited for that and i just would like to see them do something weird and as much as i might not have liked it you know him with the weird interdivision trades last year um i kind of had to laugh to myself because as much as i may not have necessarily liked it i went well at least it's weird at least it's different you know at least we're seeing him do out of the box stuff and i'm i mentioned this to carson and david i think two podcasts ago so i'm just going to state it for you peter in the event that you have any take on it but Quasey came over from San Francisco, right? And if you think back when um, John Lynch took over as GM in San Francisco, he made a lot of weird and head-scratching moves. Um, there were veterans that got released. There was a lot of weird stuff. And we all across the league as fans were like, this is stupid. Like, what is he doing? Like, this is, he's going to blow this team up. It's, he's an ex-player. He's just another guy that's going to come in and it's going to fail miserably. We see where the 49ers are right now. 
So I would like to see Quasi come in with the same mindset of we're going to do some stuff that's different and it might make you scratch your head now, but we're playing chess, not check or playing chess, not checkers. Yeah, I was going to actually say I said it wrong. Yeah, chess, not checkers. So I would like to see him come in and play the long game. Look for those long-term returns instead of these short band-aid type of moves that we've seen from this team over and over and over again. Um, at some point, the tire just needs to be flat and you need a new tire. Stop patching it. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. I, I mean, I get it. He's creative, unique, but he seems to be operating on his own draft pick valuation system because we got murdered in all those draft trades. They were all pretty terrible. He's really you know, thin ice there. So I, I don't know, man, it's unique. It's different trading in division, giving your divisional opponents, great people and not getting anything in return because your evaluation of picks is different than what, like the NFL standard has been for 30 plus years now with Jimmy Johnson's pick chart. I think that's what everybody was using. Now it's fluctuated a little bit as we've gotten more updated, but I mean, man, I did the math on all those trades. They were all, we didn't get an anywhere near enough value for them. And then our picks didn't play. It was a real problem. So that's, I the, get what that's you're... the hard part for me to swallow is the picks not playing. I didn't understand that. Like you went into the draft knowing that your defense is bad and you drafted defensive players and you did not play them. And when they played, they got hurt special teams. You know, it's like these guys wasn't weren't ready. So I, I don't understand that. I, I agree with you on that too. Like you draft guys, especially in the first round, second round. They need to play. Start. They it, start. It, like a first round guy should start for you. Yes. Like plug and play, essentially. I mean, look at Christian Darisaw. He was plug and play, first round pick. Looks like we have a franchise left tackle right yeah. away. So that's the kind of stuff you're looking for. I get, but we'll see. He's got another draft to prove it. We just have zero draft capital. So it's kind of an awkward situation. But I think you're totally right. If we don't win a Super Bowl here in the next two years. We need the Wilfs to maybe commit to this group of guys because I, I do like KOC. I'm not so sold on the Wall Street man of Quasi, uh, but we'll see. And then they're going to have to be bad. You got to be bad and acquire talent. And very rarely do you get in a Kansas City situation where you're good, you're good, you're good. You trade up and hit the home run of home runs. Right. So, yeah. No, I. I don't disagree. So as we mentioned, there are a lot of NFL storylines obviously coming out over the last week, certainly in the last 24 to 48 hours. So I think we would be remiss if we did not talk about some of the news and notes around the league. Obviously, some big names moving around. Uh, obviously, a lot of storylines with big names and potential contract situations. So I'm just going to kind of start at the top and move through some of these. Uh, obviously, the big news today was Derek Carr is going to be signing with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I'm going to provide my take on this, guys, and then I'll let you guys certainly provide your takes. Hey, thanks for joining us here on the Skull Purple Podcast, of course, brought to you by the Pigskin Podcast Network and our sponsor, DraftKings. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about DraftKings here. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
especially this summer with tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports. You can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Uh, I personally play a lot of daily fantasy, so now that the NFL season is over, I've shifted my focus uh, to a lot of basketball lineups, so certainly tune in if we want to talk a little bit more about uh, the daily fantasy. Uh, but now that we're past the All-Star game, I like to play some 50-50s. I also like to play uh, some of our big tournaments, uh, so cash games and also some of the larger tournaments. So super excited about the second half of the NBA season, and DraftKings is the place to be. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Again, that's promo code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Make sure you do see our show notes for details. Again, thanks for watching the show, and let's get back to the action. Uh, I don't like this for Carr. Um, I, I mean, obviously, go get your money, do what you got to do, and and who knows what happens. It just, for me, it felt like uh, it's just not the best landing spot for Derek Carr. I feel like he's going from a team that was a little bit in disarray with some with some great pieces with Devonte Adams and Josh Jacobs, uh, obviously Darren Waller when he's healthy to the Saints, which I feel like are in a worse spot roster-wise. And it just, it to me, it feels like I don't, he went to a worse team. Um, and I feel like with Derek Carr, unless he thinks he's like a Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, uh, where he can come in and, and, and immediately elevate a team, I think we kind of found out last year he's not that guy. So... To me, it seems like he's a good quarterback that should go to a good team. Um, so I don't like the move for him. I think he, it hurts him in the long run. He would have been better suited to try to find a suitor, which I think there were a few out there um, that could have provided the type of support to uh, to uh, lengthen his career. But I think if he goes and fizzles out in New Orleans, where's Derek Carr in like two to three years from now? So... I don't know. He's betting on himself. I'm sure that's great. He probably loves New Orleans. Yay, Mardi Gras. Throw him the beads. Um, it should be a good time for him. I don't know if it's going to be a great time on the field, though. So, um, Peter, what do you think about Derek Carr signing with the Saints? Uh, well, first of all, they talk about Derek Carr being like this, like, Nice, well-put-together guy. He's going from Las Vegas to New Orleans. Maybe this guy might have a secret party addiction that we don't know about. He's just <laughs> hanging out. He's boozing 24-7. Yeah, he's, he's jetting with Johnny Manziel, baby. <laughs> I I mean, first of all, whenever I hear the Saints news, I just want to throw up a little bit in my mouth. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's a good move for the Saints, obviously. They need a quarterback. That division is dog shit at quarterback now that Brady's gone. I mean, who the hell... Derek Carr is easily the best quarterback in this division, and it's not close. Um, the contract's on, pretty te- Oh, for now. For now, Sam. And I'm a big Sam Darnold supporter still. 
Um, better than Baker Mayfield. Um, the cap hit was friendly this year because the Saints are in way worse cap situation than us. I think they were 54 million over the cap. Uh, so it's a 7.2 cap hit this year. He's gotten 60 million up front. I'm sure that doesn't hurt him whatsoever. Mm. Um, I agree though. The Saints are a roster disaster. Slant Boy never plays. His contract's abysmal. He might get cut. Um, Kamara might be going to jail. So right. we got that whole situation to deal with. Um, the Jets, I guess he just didn't want the Jets. I know it's the Jets, but they gave him a lot of love. The Jets feel like they are a quarterback away from being a very close team. Like they could be a Cincinnati Bengals type team. Their defense is elite, kind of coming out of nowhere. I mean, they shut down everybody this season. No matter who the, you threw at the Jets, they shut them down. Now it kind of fell apart part down the stretch, but – when you know your offense isn't going to score points, you kind of lose interest. So if they believe the yeah. offense could score 24, 24 points, that defense is going to hold people to 13 points a game. They could be that yeah. kind of defense. So I just don't get I, I don't get this for Carr, like you said. Um, it's a relatively team-friendly contract. It's another contract that makes me says, man, Kirk Cousins is super affordable because Derek Carr <laughs> is not as good as Kirk Cousins. I don't think there's any discussion on that. On this podcast, anybody in the comments want to argue with that? You're dumb. Um, but it's like thirty-five million dollar cap hit next year, forty-five in year three. They can get rid of him in year three for seventeen million of dead cap. So we'll see how it plays out. But like you said, Derek Carr is nowhere if the Saints aren't winning right. playoff games. Yeah, David, what do you? Yeah, think? I don't understand it either. It's like the offensive weapons that he has on the sides. Like Michael Thomas never plays. Like he's he's done. Right. Alvin Kamara, like you say, he's going to jail. And if he's not going to jail, he's an aging running back. So what what, what are you going to get there? You know, there's there's no real tight end over there. I mean, Chris Olave is a nice young player, but he's probably going to get doubled next year. I mean, what are they going to do? Throw out Taysom Hill a couple of times with tight end and he's going to throw to him like it just it makes no sense. And that's crazy that you said, Pete, that the best quarterback was Tom Brady. Well, that guy was 45 years old. That lets you know, <laughs> like that lets you know where that division is at at quarterback. If the guy retiring, which is 45 years old, was the best quarterback in that division. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand like why he rushed the situation or why he didn't wait and, and try to get quartered to other teams and see what was out there. It just to me is like it's disappointing because I like how the Raiders, you know, let them go at the end of the season. I thought it was kind of foul, but um, I really thought he was going to wait it out and you know go on visits with teams. And next thing you know, it's like the first chance he gets, he signs with New Orleans. It's like okay, like it's New Orleans, you know. It's like yeah. you're not you're not taking like that peak New Orleans offensive team that Drew Brees had, like. These guys are all – I don't like calling players cooked, but these guys – They're old. They're, they're old. old. They're aging yeah. veterans. They're aging veterans. And it's like <laughs> Champagne is not there either. <laughs> so well, – Well, Dennis I mean, Allen was the coach in Oakland. I, that could have played. He was the coach who drafted him. So that's, Yeah. That is, that is true. But Champagne is not there. Like, no. no. <laughs> like, like, I mean – it's, it's not there. So I, I just, I'm disappointed in Derek Carr. I'm a Derek Carr fan. You know, I liked him coming out. I actually wanted the Vikings to take him, you know, over Bridgewater at that time. But um, it worked out for, for, for Vikings fans. So it's cool. But 
why we're rush? here. Why go to New Orleans? Yeah. Which they yeah, and it have. does. It definitely puts you know the the Jets job in the spotlight, right? I mean, obviously, all the rumor mill has been that it's going to be you know Rodgers or it's going to be Carr. I mean, that was kind of the general consensus yeah. is that if they couldn't get Rodgers, they were going to go with Carr. And I mean, who knows? Maybe Carr feels like that that's an imminent thing. And and certainly, you know, if you think about it from Carr's perspective. No quarterback is going to want to go to a team and feel like he's the second choice, right? No, no quarterback's going to want to go and go, yeah, like we would have liked to have this guy, but you'll do. Like <laughs> that, that, that's not a situation where he's going to want to be in. So I'm, I'm absolutely certain that New Orleans really wants Derek Carr. Um, I just don't think that Derek Carr should really want the New Orleans Saints. But you know, we'll see what happens, and uh, certainly it will be a fun ride there you know what's funny is that i saw the the headline come through after the car signing and it's like whoa we, now that car has been signed Jameis winston might be uh you know a free agent and i'm like no so shit. like, is anyone, <laughs> who, like who, who's out there waiting for Jameis to come available um i don't know i could see I him going to a team actually you know it would be a fun storyline would be if Jameis, and I know you said you're a Darnold guy, but if Jameis goes to the Panthers, I mean, look, when Jameis is on, he can be dangerous. The thing is, is that you just never know what Winston you're going to get. Uh, so I don't know, but that would be a that would be an interesting one if if maybe Carolina kicks the tires on Jameis Winston uh, in the division, getting back at the team that I know he definitely feels like he didn't get a fair shot in New Orleans. He made that pretty That's clear. That's well, situation he got hurt was weird. And, yeah, he got hurt, and you can't predict injuries. Um, Jameis Winston is not going to be anybody's starting quarterback next year. He's going to yeah. be somebody's backup. So, yeah. I'm sorry. He should find work. I just don't know yeah. where. All right, on to the next storyline, fellas. Uh, Geno Smith strikes a new deal with the Seahawks. I don't think any surprise there. Uh, I felt like they would definitely resign him due to a contract. The really the question mark was what is that contract going to look like? What's the guaranteed money going to look like? How long is it going to be for? Um, certainly, he's looking for some security. I definitely think he played well enough to earn that security. But at the end of the day, like every other team, you know the Seahawks they've got a top five pick. Uh, there are some good quarterbacks out there. Uh, David, I'm going to throw it over to you first. How did you feel about the re-signing? I know there's still a lot of contract details. It sounds like yeah. are up in the air. Maybe we can flush right. those out a little bit. But um, yeah, how were you feeling about the news on that today? I don't like it. I don't like it not one bit. I'm, I don't like it to the aspect of Gino getting his money or Gino getting the opportunity to stay in Seattle and and you know make a good payday. I just don't. I just don't understand why you sign these these contracts that have all this this money that these players are never going to see like that's that's why I give Kirk Cousins and his team a lot of credit because they sign guaranteed deals fully guaranteed where he's on that team and he's going if he signs for 70 million he's going to get that 70 million like i don't see Gino being with this team after year 2 like they have a top 5 pick they're going to draft a quarterback it's good for Gino to get this nice good payday but down the line i don't see him being with the team year two you know they're gonna draft a guy that's what pete yeah. wants to do this is this is kind of like you know pete thank you for making me 
look good saying that I was right about Russell, you know, Russell Wilson. So I'm going to pay you a little bit for making me look good. It's it's fine, but I just don't understand it. I just get, I get kind of caught up with these $200 million deals. And then a guy is cut year three and he's never seen the life of that contract. Like Michael Vick, I think he was like the first quarterback to sign $200 million deals, but he never saw the life of any of the, of any of those contracts with the Eagles or the Falcons. You know, Cam Newton's another guy who signed um, a, a massive deal, but he was cut, you know? So it's like, Gino, that's that's nice you got that deal, but I think it's just these agents that want to say, well, I got this guy $105 million. Did you really? You really only got him 52 because after year two, he's probably going to get cut. And just like, you know, I want Pete to, you know, elaborate on this also – once the contract is out, we're gonna see when that dead money, you know, all the all the guaranteed money is gone. That's when he's gonna get cut. So yeah, I'm happy that Gino's getting his payday from where he came, you know, being a, a first round pick that kind of fizzled out kind of fast in the league. And you know, he got with Pete Curl and he had a great season. But hey, is this the contract for me? So the details aren't out on the contract yet. I've been looking. They're saying 35 average annual value, which is, yeah, $105 million. I I totally agree with you. The agents love the little press headline with the max value of yeah. that contract. They don't see. He's getting 52 guaranteed this year, potentially, they're saying, which is really nice when his career earnings are like $17 million, and he's going to get <laughs> yeah. $52 million in cash. You know, play the Randy Moss clip, straight cash, homie. He is getting paid. So good for Gino to get that money up front. That's all you need. And 50 million is no shortage yeah. of guaranteed money. We just saw Carr get 60 guaranteed. Gino's been good for one season and he was kind of bad towards the end of this season. He was a, you know, he was a check down Charlie. And it's actually really funny because they, my inside Seahawks sources have been very off of getting a quarterback at five. They were, were going to go pass rush here. And then right after the combine, he, they, he texts me. He's like, you know, I'm starting to feel, we're starting to feel Richardson at five. And then Gino signs this contract the next day. <laughs> so it's like, what are you doing, Seattle? We don't quite know. Um, like you said, now Pete is, Pete doesn't like going after those kind of quarterbacks. Pete likes mm -hmm. to hand the ball off a million times, like Kenneth Walker and whoever the hell he sticks back there, run for a million yards. He They actually hit, it looks like, on both their tackles in the draft, um, which is rare. They kind of miss in the first round every year, so I'd be a little wary at five what they're doing, but they hit on all their DB picks in the third and fourth round, which is what Pete has always done, um, yeah. it seems like. So I, I think this is a very affordable deal. Um, he probably sees at least two years. I think he gets two years in Seattle. Um, and I don't, especially if they don't go quarterback this year. And if it does fizzle out, they will be bad again. And they will be picking high enough to go get a quarterback. I know Pete talked about, you're never picking high enough to go get a quarterback. Pete won a Super Bowl and went to another one, picking a third or fourth round quarterback. Like, really ridiculous like come on pete you don't have to, you know of all people you don't have to pick at the top of a draft to get a franchise quarterback just do yeah. a little digging buddy so yeah. I, I don't get that good for gino he didn't write back he getting that check now so good on gino makes perfect sense for seattle and i think pete's gonna find a you know a nice home with those top picks and just keep playing defense run the football 
and hopefully we win like the Legion of Boom. It's hard to change how you won a Super Bowl and went to another one. It's been a long time since those Super Bowl, which is kind of scary to think about. It's been 10 plus years now since they won that Super Bowl. So really, really tough to see him like turn it into this offensive, you know, we're going to spread things out <laughs> with an elite quarterback. Now, Anthony Richardson could be that guy. Anthony Richardson could just be a running quarterback, but Pete Light loves Geno because he completes 70% of his passes. Like I said, Anthony Richardson, yeah. 50%. I don't think Pete's that interested in that. He wants safe passes. We'll run. My defense will do the work. He's that guy. Yeah. And, but you know, maybe who knows with Pete, he is the oldest coach in the NFL, which you would never guess ever. Um, just by watching him coach every Sunday, popping around like a little rabbit over there. So I don't know. Good for Gino. We'll see what they do with the draft. I think you're absolutely right that whatever they do at five will tell you what Gino's yeah. contract looks like. You're right. Yeah. Shout out to Double Mint Gum for all of the abuse that Pete Carroll has put them through over the years. Uh, he <laughs> chews that gum like he's just murdering it. It's 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 quite entertaining. Uh, no, I mean, look at the end of the day. Um, I'm happy for Gino. I'm happy he got his money. Uh, as you mentioned, David, we'll kind of see what happens. I think at the end of the day, you know, Gino is a good enough quarterback out there where he he's going to be able to hold a spot, but they're going to need to get young at that position. Yes. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll just, we'll kind of see how it all plays out to your point though, David, I think what I'm as a fan of football who's watched a lot of football over my, you know, 80 years now uh, is <laughs> it's just, it's nice to see a guy that's kind of middled around the league for a while to be able to get a payday. And, you know, he seems like a nice enough guy. So uh, good for him. Good for Gino. Um, and uh, you know, for a team that I thought was going to be like the worst team in the league last year, he certainly is earning that 52 million. So, yeah. All right. Next topic on the board fellas is Lamar Jackson. We are on a, Fast moving train with this uh, Lamar Jackson uh, contract situation that it looks like about the only destination we're going to end up at at this point is the franchise tag. Uh, not super surprising on my part. Maybe you guys feel differently, but I felt like this was almost an inevitability where he was going to be hit with that franchise tag. I guess the wrinkle that I'll toss to you two, and I, certainly I want to get your all of your thoughts here, but one of the thought that crossed my mind is does he play on the franchise franchise tag? Is he willing to play on the franchise tag? Does he say, you know what? Fine. I'm just going to sit, get my body right and uh, see if I, you know, go Le'Veon Bell style. And uh, I don't think he does that, but if we don't talk about it, I mean, it's, it's a possibility, right? So I don't know. Um, anybody want to take this first? I'll, I guess I'll, I'll go volunteer style on this one. I'll take it. Lamar Jackson. This is this. I'm talking to Lamar Jackson. Okay. <laughs> Lamar, I, I Lamar. love you. I love you. All right. First thing you need to do is hire an agent. Okay. Please hire an agent. I'm yeah. a Viking fan. We dealt with this with Dante Culpepper, where he was his own agent, and it does not work out. First thing you do, hire an agent. Lamar, the past two seasons, you have not been available at the end of the season. The best ability is availability. Now, you can run around and you can throw the ball down the field, but you can't do that sitting on the sideline. So you're not going to get this $250 million contract. You're not. Just, just cut it out. 
sign a nice little two-year deal, prove it deal, so you can be healthy. Year three, then you can renegotiate, and then you probably can sign that $200 million deal. And the cap goes up every year. It will be in your advantage to do that. You you got to get on the field, brother. You really got to get on the field. And if you sign a team-friendly deal, that allows them to give you some receivers that can actually catch. That gives you more threat than Mark Andrews. You might get a better running back. But come on, Lamar. Listen to me, all right? Hope you're looking at this podcast. <laughs> if you follow these rules, Lamar, you probably can win MVP again. But playing this game and these franchise tags, I understand the franchise tag, 45 million, that sounds good. But you're not healthy all the time. Yeah, maybe he's trying to go the Kirk Cousins route, you know? Tag and tag and, you know? Yeah, but Kirk Cousins, you know, he's he knew when to sign. Yeah, and he was I, never, never hurt. I mean, that's the other thing. Yeah, he's always available. Never, never hurt. I mean, yeah, that's that's all I gotta say. It's like, and and Baltimore, if you don't want to, if you don't want to sign them, I wouldn't even franchise tag them. Just trade them. Just, just, just trade them. Just get a haul. It's that easy. Just stop yeah. playing these games. All right. Trade them for some picks in the draft, and draft you another quarterback, and, and move on. But the thing that that's weird about Baltimore. Is Baltimore, their moves have been kind of horrible since Ozzie Newsom left the front office. So maybe you need to call that guy back because when he was running the team, you know, they had great players coming in and out. But as of now, they can't even sign Lamar Jackson to a long-term deal. What if here? Here's a dark horse for you. We keep talking about the Rodgers trade. What if Baltimore <laughs> trades Lamar to the Jets? It, I mean, I don't know what you know. I I don't think the Jets have the cap for a Lamar contract. Yeah, yeah, that might be. I, I I'd have to look at that now. If they have the cap for a Rodgers contract, that's what I'm thinking. Have, yeah, yeah. If you uh, have the cap for a Rodgers contract, you should have it for Lamar. But yeah, that's I all know, I gotta man. say. I'm just Lamar's been my guy First, for a while. Yeah, and then I can't believe he's going through this. <laughs> David, you crushed it. Okay, I get it. Your first rookie contract, you want your mom, it's cute, you want to pay family, I get it. Get a professional, my bro. Because mommy's probably telling you, baby, you worth $250 million guaranteed. No, you're not. Nobody is the Cleveland Browns, okay? (laughs) Nobody – the Baltimore Ravens are not a dysfunctional franchise. Only the Browns are a dysfunctional franchise, and the Browns already want out of that Deshaun Watson deal. They already are trying to restructure it. Lamar, you haven't been healthy the past two seasons. It's cost your team – Two playoff berths, essentially. Now, they did get in. They played pretty well. I like Snoop Huntley. He needs a little bit more develop, development, I think. Uh, now, I like what you brought up, Tony. He Lamar holds the ultimate trump card. Don't sign the tag and just sit yeah. out. Deshaun Watson was 26 when he sat out with Houston, and he had the other stuff going on, but he still was not playing for Houston unless they traded him. Lamar will be 26 this upcoming season. Same age. Lamar's an MV, former MVP. Could get healthy. I, I got a question. So Lamar's but, 26? Yeah. Isn't Hidden Hooker 26 also? Yeah, like, probably. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Lamar Jackson, it, Stetson Bennett is the same age as Lamar Jackson. Yeah, that's crazy. I think he's like, but, I think Lamar's like two months older than him. That, what happens that, when you leave? 
when you you can leave is three years after you graduate, or you can play as long as you want sometimes <laughs> in college. So yes, Lamar is a baby uh, when it's all set of things, but he relies on uh, Baltimore's a mess. I did a video on Baltimore. I mean, Rashad Bateman calling out the GM after the GM called out the wide receivers that they can't get it right. Uh, they they pick terrible at wide receiver. I don't think Eric DaCosta, like you said, is a very good GM. Ozzy Newsom's still around. He was actually at the combine uh, working time and people with his own stopwatch, like a gold old GM should be. Um, that used to be. You could tell he used like professional draw. They were making fun of him, but it's like, I agree. Baltimore used to be like a flagship franchise, which is funny. Mm-hmm. They came from the Browns, which all we know is dysfunction there. But since they've moved to Baltimore, they're like a placard level team, like two Super Bowls, fantastic yeah. organization. Are we, but now ever since they drafted Lamar, went to this hybrid offense that's kind of no pass, all run check downs to the tight end. It's been weird. It's been very weird. Harbaugh's the second longest tenured coach in the league. I believe behind Belichick, he might be third. Tomlin might be a little bit longer. But regardless, he's been there forever. Maybe Harbaugh has kind of worn his welcome out. He seems to be a good leader, but his coordinator picks have been bad. He's a special teams guy, so he's not running the offense or running the defense. He's just kind of the figurehead. Um, They have had bad coordinators. Lamar really wasn't involved, they said, in hiring the new offensive coordinator, which is a little concerning after they said he was going to be. I like a Lamar trade to the Jets. That's interesting. The Viking nerds on the internet have been saying Lamar for cousins. I don't want Lamar personally. This is a throwing league at quarterback. You got to throw the football. And like you said, we're seeing a lot of these running quarterbacks break. The only person that's not broken is Josh Allen, and he's built like a brick shit house. He's, he's six five people. We break, yeah. <laughs> But you see Kyler Murray going down. Even Hurts, who's squatting 600 pounds, is a little bit of a smaller guy for his build. And he got nicked up because of his running around, landed on his shoulder. So I'm afraid you got to find the right area here. I don't think Lamar is a good fit for the Vikings fans, personally. I don't think he's a good fit at all for this team. But Lamar, you got to get healthy. Take the money though like get a good contract two years get it fully guaranteed it's just not gonna be the number you're one in three in the playoffs also like let's talk about this you're one in three and your one win is against ryan Tannehill. nobody's freaking out about a win like that it's not a good win and you have multiple losses at home so that's where my biggest problem with is with lamar he hasn't won playoff games on top of it yeah yeah just like you like you said that um that fully guaranteed, like Lamar, you're you was drafted bottom of the first round, basically, right? So the money you're gonna make on this deal is probably gonna be way more than what you made your whole career. Just sign a nice little 20, 25 million dollar deal, fully guaranteed. That way they can't do anything with it, they can't move you two-year deal, prove it deal, third year, see what happens. But you, you gotta meet the team in between. You're you're not finna get this. $250 million deal. You're not going to get a, a Pat Mahomes forever deal. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to yeah. happen. And you and that's why you need an agent that's going to be honest with you and tell you that. Like, look, look, homie, we're not getting that right now. This is what we can get. And if you okay with that, then we're going to go here. But when you're your own agent, I mean, it's, it's a lot, man. It's really a lot. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of... uh 
agents and goings on with maybe some other interesting trades, which we already kind of teased, by the way. <laughs> We've got Aaron Rodgers. We don't know what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. I don't think Aaron Rodgers knows what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. We know that he came out of the uh, darkness retreat. He came out of his hole. Um, and we've got, you know, he saw a shadow and he was afraid. Uh, so we still don't know what's going on with Poxitani Rodgers. Um, how are we feeling about uh, him? I'm, I'm still on the him going back to the Packers uh, train. I think that, and I know, Pete, you might not agree. I just, I think that it's a bunch of smoke and mirrors. I think it's his way of basically, again, and yet again, puffing out his chest at the Packers to try to get them to make some moves. And now it could very well result in him getting traded. I just think that in his mind, I think it's a power play and it's a no-lose situation. Either I'm going to push the Packers to improve this roster because they need to. That's what, Again, these are Rodgers' thoughts that I'm making up for him. Uh, <laughs> or they trade me to uh, hopefully the Jets because it's not up to him. Um, and uh, and then at the end of the day, that works out well because, boy, I think the Jets would be a heck of a team. You can think whatever you want about Aaron Rodgers. The Jets have a hell of a roster. Um, I mean, Pete, you already mentioned that defense. We've talked about it extensively on the podcast. Um, they are a quarterback away, in my opinion, from making noise. I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl uh, or they're guaranteed to win the Super Bowl, but they would definitely be a contender uh, with another year under the belt of some of these young guys on that team. So um, I don't know. Again, I'm still, until I see more, I'm still on. Rodgers is going to be torturing us Vikings fans for the foreseeable future. But um yeah, why don't since David started the last one, Pete, I'll let you take this one first. Okay, I first of all, I don't think this decision is up to Rodgers. It's up to the Green Bay front office and Matt Lafleur. I think right. They right. what I I tend to lean that I believe that report that they're sick and tired of his crap. I don't I don't blame them. I would be too. Like, do we forget he lost that game at home against Detroit? Like, you <laughs> got outplayed by Jared Goff, who is. Great at home, horrendous on the road last year. Even when he was good, he was horrendous on the road last year, and he outdueled you at home on Sunday night to go to the playoffs when he had nothing to play for. So let that stink in. Only the <laughs> Packers know truly how good Jordan Love is. That's I think that's the biggest wild card in the spot. Like, how good is Jordan Love? Do the Packers think they have a guy who is a franchise quarterback, or do they not? Because if they don't, they'll want Rodgers to come back. You can ship Jordan Love out. Get some picks because it, it won't be the most return, obviously. But I think they like Jordan Love, honestly. And Green Bay should write a Christmas card to the Saints and Derek Carr because it was out there that everybody was kind of off the Rodgers train. The Jets were off the Rodgers train. The Raiders were off the Rodgers train. The Titans were off the Rodgers train. Nobody really wanted Rodgers anymore. But now that Derek Carr is not in play for the Jets, I think they have to go get Rodgers you can actually give them some picks. Like the Packers can kind of say, well, you got to give us some picks here. Whereas in the other scenario, you're dumping Rodgers for almost nothing, maybe a first, maybe a third. Um, now they could probably get a two ones would be a little bit of a stretch for me, probably a first and a second for Rodgers. Um, and that's what, I mean, all in the Jets offensive line is their worst part, but they can try and plug and play that Rodgers can still move good. 
Um, they got good wide young wide receivers. So I think actually Rodgers is a very good fit. As much as he hates Brett Favre, he has turned into Brett Favre. He will be running insurance scams here <laughs> coming up soon. Just stay available for that. But yeah. I think I think this is not up to Rodgers. He doesn't know what he's doing. He was supposed to be in the darkness retreat for four days. He had to quit after two because God knows he doesn't know. He couldn't handle it. Too deep for him. Maybe he hates himself. I think he kind of hates himself. Uh, I would too. So I don't think he has a decision. He wants to play football. He will not retire. He is not sharing the stage with Tom Brady in the retirement at Canton. Not happening. He will. He will make sure he is not – in the same retirement, it's going to be all his show. He's going to make sure it's the worst class ever, plus him. He's that guy. <laughs> he is that shallow. So I think Rodgers plays. I think he plays for a different team than Green Bay because I think Green Bay really likes Jordan Love, and they just want to cut the cord, and I don't blame them. Yeah. yeah. Well, as a Vikings fan, I I hope that they roll with Jordan Love because I would much rather see Jordan Love than uh, Aaron Rodgers, and I, I am just waiting for the day that these Packer fans get to understand what it's like to have a normal quarterback situation. Um, you know, they've had 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterback play, um, and they've got two Super Bowls to show for it, which, you know, good for them. But, you know, New England had, what, 14 years of Hall of Fame quarterback play, and they got six uh, Super Bowls out of it. So, yeah. I mean, so I'm just saying. Best, best quarterback ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, and then to be got, very clear, Chiefs got two and five. Chiefs got two and five see, with one. See, there you see. go. It's getting yeah. to be very Come clear. On, allegedly, Mr. Favre, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. He did go after McAfee. <laughs> yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. David, what are you yeah. thinking? What are you thinking? I'm about tired this? of Rogers. All right. Like, okay. Us Californians, we're all not like that. Okay, that's that. That's, <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's been going a while, so he's not with us anymore. But David, don't don't like, play coy. We know you've been doing ayahuasca on the weekends. Nah, man, I'm not doing the ayahuasca, man. He's just <laughs> he's he's become, in my opinion, one of the best quarterbacks to ever play this game to a joke because all the stuff that he does in the offseason. I don't want to play. I want to play. Uh, I want to go to go in the dark. I want to do ayahuasca. I saw, saw a man with a with a hat on. It's just like, come on, man. Like, chill. <laughs> do you want to play football or not? If you don't want to play, go home. You've made a lot of money. You're already going to be a Hall of Famer. That's cool. But I, th- I agree with P. I think Green Bay is getting tired of the whole situation. And if we're talking about it, you don't think other GMs are talking about it, too, like, do we really want to bring this guy on with our young guys and get them hooked on ayahuasca and want them to start, you know, going on camping trips and living in the dark? Like, you might not want to bring that to your team. I don't think you want to. So it's like either you cut bait with him or he retires or whatever. As a Viking fan, I really don't quick. I really don't care because at the end of the day, we probably going to split with them every year going forward. So just let Green Bay and – Aaron Rodgers and the man with the black hat and whatever he calls it, just do their thing because at this point, I'm just tired of Aaron Rodgers. I I, I am. Like, he's he's a joke now. Like, he really is. David, you sound like a, such a boomer. I don't want all these kids walking around with their, with their low-rise jeans and their tie-dye shirts. <laughs> so you're nah, not on board like, for him to join us in two years? Like, not pure, like he no, goes full farm and no, comes and plays a purple. No. I just, 
he's he's just doing too much. I, I just feel like now he's just trying to be so in 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 tune with the earth and all this. Like, like, dude, sit down, just sit down somewhere and and chill, man. Like, like it's it's disgusting. Like, and I used to be a big Rogers fan. These these past two seasons, I'm just like, what the hell is this guy thinking, man? Yeah. Like, well, he is turning into Fark. Go get a He's girlfriend, okay? Go get a he girlfriend. Does. She's a hippie. She's like a 50-year-old hippie. It's like eating <laughs> crystals and stuff. Go eating, like, eating the crystals. Even, even yeah. that's weird. I don't want that in my locker room. Jets, do not get Aaron Rodgers, okay? Yeah. All right? Well, Justin Jefferson's going to start working on that, <laughs> working on those mystical crystals. Yeah, to get those to get that route tree down. Oh, that's too funny. Well, I'll lead us into our last segment, fellas. It's been a great show so far. Of course, make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Make sure you leave a comment down below with all of our crazy banter. We do like to respond to comments. If you got a great comment, we might even make a video about it. We've been known to do it in the past. So uh certainly happy to have you again. Make sure to like and subscribe. Here's the last one of the day, fellas. Uh, I saw a late report come out that uh, Chiefs offensive tackle Orlando Brown and defensive end Frank Clark looks like they're both going to be hitting free agency. Um, any thoughts on either of these folks? I mean, obviously, you know, they're coming off of a Super Bowl. These are good players. Uh, obviously, Clark is uh, is a bit older. I don't know what his exact age is, but... Um, David, maybe I'll throw it over to you to start. Uh, do you have any strong opinions on either of those folks? Do you think they could be something that we take a look at as uh, you know a Orlando Vikings organization? Brown. Orlando Brown is he's a pretty good offensive tackle. I mean, maybe if if the Ravens don't trade him away, we're not having a Lamar conversation because he's still blocking for him. But yeah. it's kind of weird that they're allowing him to hit free agency and not hit him with a franchise tag, but they actually have the best bargaining chip that no other team has. They won a Super Bowl and they got Pat Mahomes. So if you want to keep being on this team with Pat Mahomes playing in, you know, AFC championship games and Super Bowls, then maybe you, you're not looking for that top end money that you would get on the open market because I mean, he's, he's a, he's a good player. So he's going to command some money, but do you want to, do you want to go to a team that's on the rebuild after you just won a Super Bowl, or do you want to keep winning Super Bowls? So, sure. like, that's the thing with him. Frank Clark, I can see him getting a, you know, nice mid-sized deal somewhere. He's already an older player. He won his Super Bowl, you know, going for it. He might want to look for his last payday. But going back to Lionel Brown, it's just kind of weird that they're going to allow him to hit free agency. Well, and that goes back to, you know, what we talked about with Derek Carr. You know, and I'm not saying this is on Orlando Brown. I just mean it's in the same vein that, you know, you, you look at a guy and go, you know, I could take 80% of the money I could make somewhere else, but I'd have a longer career. So I have yeah. I have a higher chance to make more money because I'm going to be on winning teams, right? Everybody right. Want, wants to be on a winning team because you can be a not that great a player. And if you're on a winning team, everybody thinks you're all right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, because, because you're a part of a winning culture and a winning team and your stock goes up right and uh or you could go to a terrible team get a great contract but then guess what everybody's gonna also think you're not that great either i mean unless you're showing out i mean and that's gonna take a special player in a special position you can't be a receiver and have a terrible quarterback and you can't be a quarterback and have no weapons so right 
Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, Pete, Pete, what's your take? So uh, they tagged him last year, and right. he was he made sixteen million last year. So I get you can't really double tag a guy. Thanks to Kirk Cousins, you really shouldn't double tag people. Yeah. <laughs> um, they changed that rule because of Kirk, because the Commanders, formerly the Redskins, were holding him in jail in his prime. Frank Clark's yeah. only twenty nine, so he definitely going to get another paycheck. Now you don't last long as a defensive guy. Uh, especially with the dirty work he does. He gets a lot of play. He's got a lot of playoff games under those belts. I think he's third or second all time in playoff sacks. So that's a lot of numbers to rack up. I mean, it makes sense for the Chiefs. Who cares? You got your ring. You got two rings. You cemented your legacy. The Chiefs are now an all-time team. Mahomes, Andy Reid. So it's it's, guys are going to get cut. They're going to have to move on from can't pay everybody. Mahomes is making the money he's making. Other guys are making money. But who cares? draft a new crap. I trust them to draft a new crop of guys that maybe in three or four years, the chiefs are right back at being the super bowl. If not next year, who knows? Orlando Brown wants to get paid. He wants to be paid as a top tackle in the NFL, even though I don't think he is. Um, he's good. He yeah. wants to be a left tackle. He, I think he fits much better at right tackle. That was the whole riff with him in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Baltimore had him at right tackle. And then he filled in when they lost their left tackle and he's a good left tackle, but I think he's more of a right tackle guy. And we just know what the money is for right tackles. I don't have O'Neal's contract, but we're already trying to restructure O'Neal as as many consider as the top right tackle, at least top three right tackles in football. So go get paid. He also, it's kind of weird. I posted this on my uh, other channel today. Funny enough as a poll, would you rather be a career backup? So let's say eight year backup, but win a Super Bowl, or be a hall of famer and never win the ring. That's the real question. I think anybody would have to answer and so sometimes you go play for a bad team he's got two rings already so maybe it's a lot easier of a decision go get your money now sure. i got my rings i can live with my career never going back to the super bowl ever again and i make a hundred million dollars or whatever it is and change yeah. my family for generate you know generational wealth um is right. the big key here so it just all depends on the guy it's a lot easier once you got the rings in the bank to just go get paid yeah no, that makes sense. Well, fellas, I feel like it's been a fantastic episode. We've covered a lot in today's podcast. Obviously, we had Vikings news. We had news around the NFL. Um, I'm certainly excited as we continue on into this offseason. The next step is really going to be free agency and the draft. Of course, we're going to be with you every step of the way here on the Skull Purple Podcast, brought to you by the Pigskin Podcast Network. Fellas, it has been a pleasure this evening. Does anybody have any final thoughts as we sail into the next couple of weeks? No, we'll see. A lot of movement. We're going to see a lot of movement. A lot of movement across the league and the Vikings roster in particular. So I'm sure there'll be enough content to keep us busy for another long and excellent podcast like we just had today. Absolutely. Yeah. And watch out for, uh, you know, we've got some shorts out there on YouTube. Again, you can catch us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple podcasts, wherever you consume your podcasts. Um, again, make sure to give us a like and subscribe comment down below. We love hearing from you. And, uh, like I said, I'm just excited to keep on rolling. So look for more great content from us as always. Skull. Oh, Skull. We'll see you guys on the next one. Thanks, everybody. Mm-hmm.